Uh, we've just started looking at Jephthah last week. We learned that he is the eighth judge of Israel. He, like many other judges, comes in a time where Israel is in distress and in need of help. Uh, Israel is, again, not close to God right before Jephthah comes into the picture. Uh, Israel, uh, I think of it like having a kitten, and we got a kitten earlier this year, and this kitten is, is the cutest, sweetest little thing when you're holding it and you're watching it, and then all of a sudden you let it go and you try to go to sleep, and you hear this thing knocking over everything in the entire house all night long, and you don't get any sleep. That's what Israel is like. Every time their their judge was gone, and they were like the kitten in the middle of the night, just knocking everything over and breaking everything. You know, uh, we're we're not gonna uh, go through many verses tonight. We're not gonna get too far into Jephthah here tonight. Uh, but I'm not sure why it worked out this way. I planned at the beginning of the week. I started writing and I planned and I outlined to get through 28 verses. Uh, and God said, well, hold on, wait a minute, I have something else planned, and we're only going to get through two verses tonight. So, I don't know why that is, other than God has something to say uh, in these two verses. I'm convinced that God has something to say tonight. Uh, this is the very message that God has for us. I encourage you to listen to God tonight and respond to what God is talking to you about. Uh, tonight, we're going to talk about having a chance. Tonight, I've titled the message, Jephthah Gives a Chance. Uh, we like to think about second chances. Uh, everyone likes second chances, third chances, or, or as many chances as you can get, right? So uh, Mark will appreciate this. Uh, but we like to play Mario in our house, uh, the old Mario stuff. And uh, I like to play on there on the Super Nintendo, and I had that when I was a little kid. So to Marshall, I probably look like this master video gamer because, you know, I've been playing it for 30 years. And uh, so I get on there and I'll have like 10 lives, you know, so you can just run through the level like a maniac and just jump off of everything and just keep running, run right into people and, and whatever. It doesn't matter too much uh, because you have 10 lives, right? Well, when I get down to one life, things change and I slow down a little bit and I start paying attention and I start looking around and making sure I'm doing the right thing at the right time. Uh, I try it a, a little bit harder when I'm down to my last life or my last chance. Uh, we need to live like we are on our last chance. Uh, in some ways, we are. Uh, we may be on our last chance to reach the lost. Uh, maybe God will call us up to heaven tomorrow, maybe even tonight. And this might be our last chance to reach someone. Uh, thankfully, God has given us chances, and we're going to talk about tonight about the chances that God has given us. Uh, we're going to do, we're in the study of the judges here, but it will look more like we're doing a study on God's chances. And that's okay, because I believe this is what God has for us tonight. Uh, so first, I want to look at a chance given. Jephthah, he gives a chance here. Look at Judges chapter 11, and we'll start in verse 11. It says, Then Jephthah went with the elders of Gilead, and the people made him head and captain over them. And Jephthah uttered all his words before the Lord in Mizpah. And Jephthah sent messengers unto the king of the children of Ammon, saying, What hast thou to do with me, What that thou art come against me to fight in my land? So in verse 11, which we read last week, uh, this verse, Jephthah is accepted 
by the people as judge and as the judge that God has chosen him to be. Uh, remember that earlier in this chapter, the people rejected Jephthah. Uh, they cast him out. They didn't want him around. Uh, it was because of their evil, their wicked desires, and they mixed that up with jealousy. Uh, they decided, decided uh, that they would rather have the inheritance of their father all to themselves. Uh, and so they did not want Jephthah included in that inheritance, so they rejected him. They cast him away. And in reality, what they were doing is they were rejecting the man that God chose to lead them. Uh, and they rejected God's plan by rejecting him. Uh, thankfully, in verse 11 that we just read, the people are finally accepting the man that God has chosen. They are finally accepting God's plan. Thankfully, they had a chance to get things right. Uh, this uh, Things do not go well when they are rejecting God's plan. Uh, things won't go well in our lives when we reject God's plan either. We need to make sure when God reveals something to us that we accept it. If we read it in God's word, then we need to accept it. We cannot waste any time between God revealing something to us and us finally accepting it. Uh, we'll have to deal with the consequences of uh, God and his plan. Uh, thankfully, God will always be waiting for us, even if we have rejected him and we've rejected his plan in the past. God is standing there with his arms open, waiting for us to accept him and his plan. Now, uh, maybe uh, that was God waiting for us to accept salvation. Maybe it was years and years that it took for some of us to get saved. Maybe it was on the first uh, time that you heard of salvation, but in either way, God gave us a chance uh, to accept that salvation. Uh, maybe it's for us accepting God's will for our lives. Maybe God has been trying uh, over time here, been trying to get us to do something for him, to accept some uh, area of our life that God's trying to use us in. And maybe we've been resisting God's plan. We've not been trying to do what God has asked us to do. But as soon as we do, God is waiting there uh, for us when we finally make that right. The people here, they make it right and they accept God's choice for their leader and their judge. Uh, we could sit here and we could say how bad it was that they waited so long or how terrible they were for rejecting God's plan to begin with. Uh, but I don't want to focus on that part of it today. I want to look at this passage and I want to see the blessing and joy and getting right with God and accepting Him and accepting His will. So let's focus on remembering uh, to get things right with God. And, and by doing that, it will bring happiness and joy no matter where you're coming from or what you did. We see here in verse 12, let's read it again. And Jephthah sent messengers unto the king of the children of Ammon, saying, What hast thou to do with me? that thou art come against me to fight in my land. Uh, we see that Jephthah is giving the king of Ammon, uh, of the children of Ammon, a chance to make things right. And, and God gives us chances also. Uh, some of the chances we're going to go over that God gives us. First, God gives us a chance for salvation. Uh, sin separates us from God. 
the second we committed our very first sin, anytime we've ever done one single thing wrong, the second we did, we earned the punishment of eternal separation from God. Uh, we were destined at that point to never be allowed to have a relationship with God because of our sin. Uh, to never be able to live in heaven because of our sin. Uh, we were destined to die forever in the lake of fire, all because of one sin. Uh, that's all it took, just one sin. God decided that he wanted to give us a chance. God decided that he loved us enough, Romans 5, 8, but God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Uh, God loves us enough to give us the chance to accept Jesus uh, and to have a relationship with God once we accept Jesus. We can live forever in heaven. We can uh, never have to experience the lake of fire that was created for Satan. It was never even created for us to begin with. Uh, God gave us a chance of salvation. Uh, so don't miss the chance. Don't wait. If you need to accept Christ, accept him now. God gave us a chance for salvation. God also gives us a chance in temptation. Uh, Paul tells us this exact thing in 1 Corinthians 10.13. It says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. So anytime any temptation comes into our life, no matter what it is, God will give you a chance to escape it. The verse tells us that God is faithful. It doesn't say that God will be faithful. It doesn't say that God has faithfulness. It says that God is faithful. God himself is faithful. And because he is faithful, you don't have to think about it. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to wonder if God will make it make a way for you this time. God is faithful. It's a done deal. You can guarantee it. Uh, Psalms 89.8, O Lord, God of hosts, who is a strong Lord like unto thee or to thy faithfulness round about thee. Uh, the verse is saying that there's nothing that compares to God and it even says there's nothing that compares to God's faithfulness. Uh, Psalms 36, 5, Thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens, and thy faithfulness reacheth unto the clouds. There are no limits that are past God's faithfulness. There's nothing that can go past God's faithfulness. God's faithfulness can reach everything. Uh, David knew that God was faithful. In a time of need, David relied on God's faithfulness. Uh, Psalms 143, verse 1 Hear my prayer, O Lord, give ear to my supplications in thy faithfulness, answer me, and in thy righteousness. Uh, when speaking of God in Lamentations 3.23, it says, Great is thy faithfulness. And we get the, the theme of a great song from this very verse. God is faithful. Uh, coming back to the topic of temptation, uh, the verse in 1 Corinthians says that God is faithful to keep you from a temptation that is more than you can handle. Now, does that mean that we are strong enough to handle anything that gets in our way, any, any temptation that comes into our path? Well, maybe not. 
at least not on our own. Our own physical capabilities may not be enough, but through the strength of God and the guidance of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, then we can overcome that temptation that is in our way. Our faithfulness, uh, our faithful God will also make a way out of the situation. The verse tells us that he'll make a way out of the situation. Uh, remember when Joseph was being tempted by Potiphar's wife. She daily was trying to get him to commit sin. Daily she was after him. Uh, when she seemed to have him cornered, he found a way out. God provided a way out for Joseph. Uh, God gave Joseph a chance to escape the temptation, and that chance was by running out the door as fast as he possibly could, which is probably the best decision he could have made in that situation. Uh, and that really should be our response when we are presented any temptation that comes in our way. We should run away as fast as we can. Uh, we should not even give that temptation one single second of our time to try to overcome us. We should just run. We serve a God that has uh, chosen to give us a chance. God gives us a chance for salvation. God gives us a chance to escape, escape temptation. God also gives us a chance when we disobey. Sometimes I see things happen in the world or even in our own town, our own street. Uh, and I think, why doesn't God just wipe them out? It's probably a good thing that I don't have that capability because I would have just started wiping people out a long time ago. Uh, when I think of this, I realize, though, that I would have been wiped out years ago. Uh, I, I would have not made it. If God didn't give me a chance to get things right, I would have been wiped out. Uh, if, if God just gave an ultimate punishment to everyone the very second they disobeyed, then there would be no one left here on earth. Uh, none of us would have made it very long at all. Now, God is perfect and God demands perfection from us, uh, but God is also loving and merciful. Turn to 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. First John chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for God is of love. And everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. Now, God, he doesn't just possess love. God isn't just completely full of love, but God is love. God is love, and God is also merciful. Uh, Ephesians 2, 4 says, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us. Uh, God is rich in mercy. Has anybody in here ever desired to be rich? I did. And when I was a kid, that's probably all I ever thought. I just wanted to be rich. I used to tell people, I want to be stinking rich, you know? Like, I just wanted to be so rich that money was just falling out of my pockets as I walked. I, I don't know why, but as a kid, that's just what I really wanted. Uh, God must have a sense of humor because it's quite the opposite, <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, but God is love. God is faithful. And God is rich in mercy. Uh, this God is the same God that made a way for us to be part of his family 
when we walk away from him, when we mess up, when we sin, if we just make a mistake, this faithful, loving, and merciful God gives us another chance if we want it. Uh, when we sin, God gives us a chance to get clean again. Look at John chapter 13. John chapter 13, and we'll start in verse 5. After that, he poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? And Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet, Jesus, my feet, Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but my hands and my head. Uh, Jesus saith unto him, He that is washed needeth not to save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit, and ye are clean, but not all. Uh, so we have Jesus here, and he begins to wash the disciples' feet. And uh, Peter says, no, don't touch my feet. Uh, he probably thought Jesus was way above touching his feet. Jesus tells him that he needs to clean off Peter's feet. And then Peter then wants everything washed. Uh, Peter's a great guy. I love him. And uh, Jesus tells him that he's already clean everywhere. He doesn't need to get clean everywhere. He just has a little bit of dirt on his feet. Uh, Jesus is telling him uh, that... Uh, he just has this little bit of dirt on his feet that he needs to wash off. This is a picture of us already being saved. And once we get saved, we don't ever need to get saved again. Uh, when we commit a sin, we just need to wash our feet of that sin. Uh, we, don't, we don't need all of us washed again. We just need to get that little bit of sin out of there. Uh, this has nothing to do with being saved. That already happened uh, in in. We know that we are saved already. If we mess up along the way, we just need to get a little bit clean. Not all of us. Uh, after we sin, we need to just wash our feet. We need to just get right with God on that issue. Uh, Proverbs 28:13 says, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whosoever confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Uh, sometimes we try to hide our sins. Uh, and hiding our sins will do nothing good for us. Uh, God can see our sins no matter how good we are at hiding them. Don't ever play hide and seek with God. He can find you. Uh, Proverbs 15.3 says, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. We cannot hide our sins. It just doesn't work. It won't do any good. What we need to do is confess our sins to God. Again, not for salvation, not to get saved again, we've already done that, it's, it's taken care of. We're not confessing sins after salvation to get saved again or, or to get more saved. Uh, this is just so our relationship with God can be right again. Uh, we need to actually confess our sins to God. We need to uh, go to God in prayer and tell Him exactly what it is that we have done. And we need to tell God that we know, we recognize that it was a sin. 
Uh, I think uh, we need to be very specific with God. We need to tell God exactly what it is we did, and we need to tell God we know that it was a sin. It's also good to tell God that you're sorry. Hopefully you are sorry for it, and we are sorry for it, but it's good to tell God that. Uh, and then ask God to help us move past that issue in our life. Uh, notice that the verse uh, also says that uh, we should forsake our sins as well. Uh, it says, that was Proverbs twenty-eight thirteen. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whosoever confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Uh, so it says that we should forsake our sins as well. This means to leave them completely and to refuse them. Uh, to never, uh, we need to admit our mistakes to God and then leave them there. We need to refuse them and never again go back to them in the future. First uh, John one nine says, "If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness." Uh, God who is faithful, who is love, God who is rich in mercy, will forgive our sins. If we confess them to him, Uh, not only will God remove our sins from us when we confess them, but God will take them as far away as possible. Uh, Psalms 103.12 says, as far as the east is from the west, so far hath God, hath he removed our transgressions from us. And, And it doesn't get any farther than that. East from the west, that's how far away our sins will be from us. God also remembers our sins no more. Hebrews 10.17. I know I'm throwing a lot of verses. I Hopefully you write fast. Uh, Hebrews 10.17. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. God says he will not remember our sins once we've confessed them to him. And God actually says that he'll remember them no more three times in his word. Uh, Jeremiah 31.34. Hebrews 8.12. And Hebrews 10.17 that we just read. Uh, God is not like us. He's not like our spouse, where uh, we like to keep tabs on all the mistakes that our, 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 you know, our significant other has made. And we like to bring them up all the time and, and say, well, you messed up this time and this time and this time, and you really struggled on Friday. Uh, that's not how God is. God doesn't remember them anymore. Once we get right with God, God makes the sin go as far away as possible, and he will not remember it anymore. Uh, I like that song in our hymnal, What Sins Are You Talking About? It's like God doesn't even know what we're talking about once we've confessed them. Uh, that's why our relationship is then made right with God again, because the sin has gotten out of the way. Uh, and this is why we should get right with God, to restore our relationship with him. Uh, when we sin, what we do is we actually cloud up our relationship with God. Uh, when we sin, it's like we push God far away from us. Uh, the, the weather report, if you ever read that, I know it's not really good for anything lately. It seems like it's wrong more than it's right. Uh, but the re- weather report will actually tell you what the visibility is for each day. Uh, and I'm not sure why I even care about that. It's not like I go flying or anything like that. But I like to look at it because I just think it's kind of cool. I looked today and it said 18 miles. I didn't even know I could see 18 miles away. So I thought that was kind of cool. It was a pretty clear day. The sky looked really nice and it was 18 miles was the visibility. Uh, but I remember earlier this year, and I'm sure you do as well, remember all that smoke from the wildfires. 
And that smoke, what did it do? Well, first of all, it made it very hard to breathe. Uh, but after that, it made it very hard to see. It reduced visibility. I remember on the very bad days earlier in the year with all that smoke that you couldn't see more than just a few feet in front of you. I remember driving on one of those days and I knew a street light was coming up because I knew where I was on the road. I tra- traveled down the road all the time and I couldn't see the street light yet. So I start braking before I even get there because the vis- visibility was so bad uh, that you couldn't see that far ahead of you. It made it very hard to do normal, everyday things. Well, that's what happens when we sin. Uh, When we sin, it's like we're in the middle of all that smoke. And we can't communicate with God anymore because of that smoke uh, that our sins have caused. Uh, Proverbs 15.29, it says, The Lord is far from the wicked, but he heareth the prayers of the righteous. And John 9.31, it says, Now we... Know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. Uh, When we sin, we cause God not to be able to hear us anymore. Uh, God loves us and wants to hear from us. God desires for us to pray to him and communicate with him. God desires to have a relationship with us. But every time we sin... We make it so that God can't hear us. We mess up our relationship with God. We've clouded it up with the smoke of our sin. Uh, But when we confess our sins to God, our vision becomes instantly clear, as clear as possible. Uh, It's like all that smoke just magically disappeared instantly. Our relationship is instantly restored and we can communicate clearly with God again. And there's nothing better than a close relationship with God. Now, when I think of stuff I love, uh, obviously my wife and kids are involved in that, and they come to my mind right away. Uh, but also food comes to mind. Where's Harper at? Yep, she's shaking her head. Yep, food. I love food. Uh, some of my favorite food, pizza. I just love, I could eat pizza every, when I was a teenager, I ate pizza for 30 days straight. I really did. Uh, I, I, it was like a challenge. I challenged myself. I really did. 30 days straight. I might die if I tried that now. Uh, but it, it was a great 30 days. I love, I love pizza. I love wings. I love ribs. Actually, I get pizza on my birthday every single year. I've done it as long as we've been married, I think. Uh, so I love pizza. Uh, but one of my favorite things ever that passes all of these by far is chocolate chip pecan pie. That is my only favorite thing and I only get about two a year though and that's probably good because of all the sugar might kill me if I try that for 30 days in a row Uh, but I get two I get one on Father's Day and one on my birthday I don't get a birthday cake I don't care about birthday cake because I want a chocolate chip pecan pie I just love it that much as good as that pie is as much as I look forward to that pie Having a right relationship with the Heavenly Father is so much better than that pie. Uh, Think of the relationship that Enoch had with God. Uh, Genesis 5, 22 through 24. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 360 and five years. And Enoch walked with God. And he was not, for God took him. Enoch had such a good relationship with God that God chose to take him up to be with him right then. Uh, in Hebrews 11.5, it says that Enoch p- 
pleased God. Enoch's relationship with God, daily walking with God, that pleased God. Uh, God desires to have a relationship with all of us. Enoch got it right. Enoch decided to walk with God every single minute of his life. And God blessed him for that. And God wants to bless us for walking with him as well. Now, I know we're in a study of the judges, and I know we didn't spend much time in judges tonight, and we we read about Jephthah tonight, and how he gave the king and the children of Ammon a chance to get things right. Uh, And next week, I promise you, we'll look at the king's response and what he decides to do with the chance that he's given. Uh, So they had a chance to avoid war and destruction uh, in, in, in that, in chapter 11 there of Judges, they had a chance at happiness in life. Uh, we see how that is a picture of how God gives us a chance as well. Again, first God gave us a chance to be His child. God gives us a chance of salvation. Uh, the work has already been done. Jesus already came and died on the cross to take our place. All we have to do is accept Jesus as our Savior. Second, we looked at how God gives us a chance to avoid temptation. Uh, We can overcome anything in our life if we rely on God and His strength and His power. We need to keep God's Word in our heart as well. Remember when Satan tempted Jesus those three times. Jesus uh, fasted for 40 days and then along comes Satan and he starts tempting Jesus. Uh, And Jesus, to defeat Satan, quoted Scripture. He quoted the words of God, and that stopped Satan, and it stopped the temptation. We need to make sure we have the Word of God in our hearts and in our minds, and we bring it up in the times that we need it. Lastly, we looked at how God gives us a chance to make things right with Him, even after we mess up. And I'm so thankful for a loving God. Uh, He does not have to give us a chance to get right with Him, but praise God that he does. Uh, maybe there's something small that you've messed up, or maybe it's something huge. Either way, the second we confess it to God and turn away from it, then it is gone forever, and God remembers it no more, and no longer does it have any power over us. Our relationship with God can then be restored with just one prayer. So don't wait. Time is precious. Don't waste one second away from God. So let's remember to live every day for God and stay close to Him. Let's pray.